0: We're in the middle of a series we're calling You Win, because God did not position you and make you to lose. Amen? First week we talked about how to win the lost, and one of the greatest ways that you can win the lost is to share what God's done for you. If you've been a Christian long, uh, you, you call it like this. You say you share your testimony. You tell what God has done in your life. You say, well, my life... Uh, just looks like a whole bunch of tests. Well, that's because God was uh, uh, getting ready to turn all those tests you're going through into a powerful testimony that can help somebody else. But you win the loss by telling people what God did for you. Don't ever be intimidated to tell uh, to to. Uh, don't ever be intimidated to tell people about the Lord because you're concerned about uh, what they might know that you don't know. Because what you know about what God has done in your life is more powerful than any other thing that you have. Because when you have an experience with God, listen to me, you literally cannot be defeated. Amen? The next week we talked about uh, the power of listening to the right voice. When you get born again, uh, the enemy of God and the other voices of this world, they don't go away. Matter of fact, they get louder. The enemy of God, he sounds like a roaring lion. He roars and screams. And you know it's him. Because he's always reminding you of what you used to do. He's always reminding you of what you used to be. Yet there is a still, small, steady voice that never changes in your life. And he's constantly telling you uh, what he has done for you. He's constantly telling you how uh, literally uh, he has positioned you as the head and not the tail. So the more we can tune into the voice of the Lord... The further along we get and the, the more uh, victory we experience in life. But this week I want to talk about what do we do when we hear the voice of God. What do we do when the Lord speaks to us? Is there a, is there a playbook that we follow uh, when He speaks to us? What is our, what is our uh, uh, activity? What should we do when we do hear God's voice? Well, I want to start this morning by referencing our, our foundational scriptures for the for the series. First Corinthians nine twenty four, in the New English Translation says, "Do you not know that all the runners in a stadium compete, but only one wins uh, receives the prize?" The, and then it says this: it's the Apostle Paul speaking, or Saint Paul. He says, "So run to win." Everybody say, "Run to win." It'll sound wonderful on a Sunday morning. We should run as if we're going to attain a prize. There is a difference between uh, uh, going through the motions of life and there is a difference between living a life filled with purpose, living a life pursuing God, living a life pressing towards the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ. We ought to get up in the morning and we ought to run to win which means when your feet hit the ground in the morning, you need to get a picture of what just happened in the spirit world. When your feet hit the ground, uh, uh, all the angels that God has given charge over you to protect you have stood to attention to make sure that you don't dash your foot against a stone. And everything that rebelled against God and the greatest rebellion that ever was and all the devil and his demons, they begin to tremble and quake with fear and break out into a cold sweat because now the righteousness of God in Christ has woken up again and something is going to happen good for the kingdom of God. But we got to wake up deciding we are going to win. We are going to run as if to win. Uh, Later, the Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 2 and 14, he says, Now, if I say now, now, "Now, thanks be unto God, which always, if I say always, always, always causes us to triumph in Christ. If God did not want me to win all the time, then he should not have had the Apostle Paul put that in my Bible. But because he did, I'm going to grab a hold of it like a bulldog and I'm never going to let it go. That doesn't mean that I don't feel the effects of life. Think about a football game. And if you're a Tony Romo fan, I'm sorry. But think about a football game. You're in the middle of it. You you may be uh, uh, on the 50-yard line and they snap the ball and, and you're getting hit on one side and hit on the other. And, and everybody's just in that, that, that bare knuckle mode of everybody is, is, is warring and fighting. And you may feel like you're losing. But if you look at the scoreboard, you're going to see that the end of the game score is already there. You are in a fixed fight. The game is fixed. And the Bible says, now thanks be unto God because he always causes us to triumph. So, as we're going through life, we got to get up ready to go, and then we got to run as if we're going to win. And then, bless God, we got to believe him in his word that we are going to win. Bump your neighbor and say, You're going to win. Bump your second choice neighbor and say, You're going to win too. Listen, if we're going to win in God, we got to be specific about some things. One, we got to think uh, what he thinks is important, and that's souls. That's why we got to win the loss, that's why we got to share our testimony. Two, we got to stay dialed into his voice. And now, three, third week, we got to figure out what do we do when he speaks. John chapter one, verse, or John chapter two, verse one says, And the third day was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus went there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what have, I do, uh, what have I to do with you? My hour's not yet come. He said, why are you saying this to me? It's not time for me to step out yet. Have you ever felt like that? Where you felt like God was calling you to do something, but you didn't feel prepared? You just defined my whole life. Everything God has ever called me to do, my flesh has never felt prepared. My inner man has always wrestled to overcome those thoughts of insecurities, those thoughts of what if it doesn't work, those thoughts of uh, what, if, what if I get there, and, and get this, if it, since it's just us on a Sunday morning, those thoughts of you walk into the room and you say, well, what if nobody likes me? What if I'm not good at it? What if, what if this happens? What if that happens? And every time God calls a believer to do something, He's always causing calling you to do it, not based on your own power, not based on your own abilities, but his power and abilities on the inside of you. So just because you don't feel qualified, don't think that God's not calling you to do something, because most oftentimes he does it with not people that are able, but get this, he'll just do it with somebody who is willing. So his mom said, Jesus, they need some wine. Jesus said, well, what's that got to do with me? And uh, uh, it's not my time yet. And his mother, verse 5, said to the servants, get this, whatever he says to you, do it. Whatever he says to you, do it. Nobody knows a child like a mother. I'll never forget uh, when Crystal and I were going to the to the, to the doctor for the one week uh, doctor's visit for our first baby, baby haley, and and we were driving and Crystal was sitting in the front seat of our little bitty tiny SUV that you could touch both windows from you could touch all the windows and doors from any point in that thing it was so small, and the baby was sitting behind me in the uh, in the back seat, and she's just sitting there staring, and she says, "Could you even remember life without her and I thought. Yeah, babe, I remember what it was like to sleep through the night. I remember what it was like to go to a movie. I remember what it was like to go out to eat. I remember all that stuff. But there's something about a relationship with a mom and a child where they know more than anybody else in the equation about that child. So when they asked, when, when uh, the Lord spoke, literally, uh, the direction that she said is, When my son says something to you, You just need to do it. So when the Lord speaks to you in your life, you have two options. You have obedience and disobedience. Obedience, the Bible says, is better than sacrifice because have you ever been to the place where you know you haven't done what God has called you to do or asked you to do and then you find yourself repenting? And of course, the Lord is so good, He forgives us every time, but if we had just done what he asked, the sacrifice would not have been necessary in that case. Have you ever told one of your children to clean their room, and you walk in and they didn't clean their room, and you say, "Why didn't you clean your room?" You say, "Well, I got busy. I decided not to." And they decide, "I tell you what, Dad. Uh, why don't Why don't this? Why don't uh, uh, Instead of and since I didn't do what I was supposed to do, I'll just make sure and go to bed early." And you're like. That sacrifice of you thinking you're going to bed early, that doesn't help the room get clean. I wish you'd have just done what I asked you to do. Obedience is significantly better than sacrifice. So through life, when the voice of the Lord speaks to us, it comes in uh, uh, two primary categories. The first category is the general directive of God or the general direction of God. The general direction of God applies to every single believer. Uh, Matthew 28 Says that you ought to be, uh, be baptized. You ought to become a disciple, and you ought to be baptized. Being baptized in water is one of the uh, uh, foundational, fundamental, and general directives for the entire body of Christ. When you are a Christian, when you become a Christian, when you're born again, you should be water baptized. Uh, It is not only just a sign of obedience that we're doing what the Lord told us to do. Several things happen. The Bible says that you are literally buried with Christ into his death when you go under the water. And then when you come out of the water, you are raised to walk in newness of life. Supernatural things happen when you're water baptized. Uh, The Bible says that everybody who's been baptized in water is clothed in Christ. That means you have put on Christ. So when God the Father looks down from heaven and He sees you, He sees you wrapped up in Jesus. So it's not you anymore that's being uh, examined, but it is His Son who's being examined, which is what makes you righteous. So uh, also, when you're water baptized, things that... Uh, have plagued you and tried to destroy you, stay in the water when you come out of the water. Uh, the, in, in, in Genesis, in Exodus, whenever uh, the Israelites were coming out of Egypt, the Bible says that when they were coming out, they came to the Red Sea, and the Red Sea was in the way. So the, uh, uh, Moses uh, stuck his staff out towards the Red Sea, and the water parted, and they passed, the Bible says, through the Red Sea, which is a type and shadow, it's a form of baptism, but as soon as they went into the water and then out of the water, as soon as that happened, all of the water fell down on top of the Egyptians who were the people who were trying to destroy them that had chariots and swords and armies and Pharaoh and everything else. So what I'm saying is this, you go through the water and the stuff that's trying to hold you back stays in the water. This is a general direction of God. Every believer should be water baptized. If you've never been water baptized, this Wednesday is for you. We're going to not only have a powerful worship concert, uh, but we're going to baptize Uh, everybody who'd like to be baptized right here as soon as the concert's over. It's going to be a powerful time. If that's you and you say, you know what, I want to be water baptized in accordance with what the Bible says, just fill out the card in the seat in front of you, uh, check that you want to be baptized, get it to an usher before you leave, and we'll make sure and get you all the information. But that's just one example of following the general, everybody say general, general, the general direction of God. Uh, there is also a very specific direction of God or a personal direction of God. Uh, You do not serve uh, a dead God. You do not serve a statue. You do not serve an ideology or a theology. You serve the Lord Jesus Christ Christ who has risen from the dead, who defeated death, hell, and the grave, who is seated next to his dad in heaven, constantly making intercession for you and for me, and this God whom we serve still speaks to his children today. The Bible says he is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. How many of you have a really good friend, but the only time you ever talk to them is when something really bad happens? That's not a really good friend. A really good friend doesn't like to go too much time without talking to that person. I don't want to talk to my wife just when something bad happens. I want to talk to my wife all the time. I want to be in constant communication all the time. So if he is going to be our very best friend, we have to recognize that he is speaking to us at all times, trying to get information to us, trying to get direction to us, because he doesn't even want us to stub our toe. You say, well, what happens if you stub your toe? You put a band-aid on it and move on, but it wasn't the will of God for you to hurt your foot. He says, I've given my angels charge over you lest you dash your foot against the stone. I don't even want you to stub your toe. Sometimes he speaks and it's, it's, it's a grand thing and, And let me give you one example of a grand direction in my life. The only thing I've ever known I was going to do is pastor a church and preach the gospel until I die. I don't know how I knew that. I don't know when it came to me. I don't know if the Lord injected it into who I am before I was born. But I do not have one memory in my life where I did not know that's what I was going to do. The problem was I knew what I was going to do, but I had no idea how it was going to happen. I had no idea how I was going to get there. I never felt like I was prepared enough. I never felt like I was ready enough. I never felt like I was... And listen, some of these things, even still today, I never feel like I'm I'm, I'm just completely positioned over the top and I just, I constantly go to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm a picture of your Bible if you want to go. If you can use anybody, you can use me because if you can use me, you can certainly use anybody. There's something about God where when He puts something big on the inside of you, He doesn't necessarily tell you how it's going to happen. He will tell you why it's going to happen and that it's going to happen. But the how, the Bible says, the secret things belong to the Lord. It's impossible to please Him without faith, and faith is believing in what you can't see. So there are grand things on the inside of you. Maybe some of you have missions on your heart. When you lay in bed at night and you close your eyes, different cities or towns or countries come to your mind. Or maybe you see the picture of orphans or maybe you see widows or maybe you see something like that. That's an indication that God would want to use you in that area. That's an indication that God would want to push you in that area. And it's not your job to figure out how it's all going to happen. It's your job to believe God that it's all going to happen. You begin to push in those areas. But this would be a large thing. This would be a country changing. This would be something manifesting in a very strong and powerful and overwhelming way. It would be a huge thing. It was not a small thing for Crystal and me uh, to pick up everything we knew and and move to a town where we didn't know one single person and say, if God says we need to have a church here, then bless God, we'll put a church here. But now look at it. It's growing. Uh, The Spirit of God is moving. God is blessing us with buildings. Come on, put your hands together and give God some praise for what He's doing in the region. But we didn't know how it was going to happen. We just knew that it was going to happen. So sometimes it's big stuff. Sometimes it's huge. Sometimes it doesn't seem so big. I remember one time we were swimming, and and, and I feel like this. I feel like I always tell stories about when God does something in my life, and and it's like overwhelmingly successful, and I was overwhelmingly obedient. It was just a super rock star type moment, and I I always always feel like I tell that. So today I want to tell you guys a story where I I, I didn't hit it as well as I wish I had. I want to balance it out because the last thing I would ever want to do is build a church where you thought that there was a super Christian with a microphone and everybody else is just a normal Christian. No. God is no respecter of persons. He will bless you. He will bless your children. He will bless your family. He will use you. He will use your children. He will use your family. But we were out one time swimming at this river uh, somewhere out in the hill country where the water's real pretty, you know, kind of like the Brazos River out there, you know. But the water was beautiful, and all these rocks and everything, and there was a rope swing set up, and all the kids were swinging off the rope swing, and all my kids were swinging off the rope swing. Uh, my son, he was probably four or five years old, and he was doing it, and he was just having a great time, and, and uh, uh, they, they had a big, long metal hook that they were using to reach out and pull the rope back to the... To the little thing they were swinging off of, and I was sitting in the water because my kids would would jump in and they would swim to me and I would push them back to the bank and then they would go do it again, and 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 we were sitting there and and Walker was climbing up the back of the the, the, the porch or the deck whatever it's called, uh, the dock to get uh, to where he could be next on the on the rope swing and this this kid probably ten or 12, ten or twelve years old which he didn't have anything he didn't do anything wrong but he was reaching out with that stick and I had the thought. I said, I need to tell him to watch out. He doesn't hit my boy with that stick. But then that other voice spoke and said, oh, you're just being too protective. You're just, you're just, what that boy knows your son is there. You're just being that way. You're just being that guy. And I said, okay, you know what? I don't want to be that guy, whatever. So I'm sitting in the water and the kid reaches out and he misses the rope and he pulls back. And he hits my son right in the nose and lays his nose wide open. I go up there. I took the 10 or 12-year-old. I threw him in the water. No, that's not true. (laughs) Tied a rock on his foot. No. I went up there. I got Walker. I'm okay, Dad. I'm okay. Nose just laid open, just open, wide open. I'm like, oh, my gosh. The Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit this God who doesn't even want my children to stub their toe gave me a simple, soft unction. And here I am, the father, the head of my house. I ignored it, and now I'm mopping up my son's blood because of it. I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I'll do everything I can to try to listen to you better. Now, whether or not his nose got busted does not change a region It doesn't change a state and it does not change a country. So in the grand scheme of things, it might seem like a small thing. But a personal direction from God, whether it is small or great, is always for your benefit so that you will be successful in congruence with the kingdom being successful. God always wants you to win like we always want our children to win. My Haley is 10 years old now. She plays on a volleyball team, and they won a game on uh, Friday. And as a father, I'm sitting there videoing with this hand with my phone and yelling uh, uh, right next to it that that the, uh, uh, the Panthers would win and way to go girls and all those other things. And when they get the victory, I love seeing my children win. This is the same way our Father in Heaven is. He gets no pleasure in seeing you not be successful. He gets no pleasure in seeing you in pain. He gets no pleasure the same way your heart breaks and hurts if something happens to your children or your children aren't successful. It's the same way with him times a million because he's a better father. He's a better parent than we could ever be. The Bible says if we were to ask him for an egg, would he give us a scorpion? Bible says, if we were to ask Him for some bread, would He give us some stone? It says, absolutely not. He says, how much more so does our Father in Heaven know how to bless us who will ask Him? You see, He is looking for you to be successful, and it is His good pleasure. He enjoys it when you are. But sometimes it is the general direction of God, which comes from our Bible, uh, 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 and then it is the personal direction of God. Uh, like my little boy, whenever I knew the Lord, in, in hindsight, I knew for sure the Lord was trying to keep me from that mess happening. Just to balance it out so you guys know that He'll give you information and it will work. I remember we were about to go on vacation in June and, and, And we were packing our trailer up to go to Colorado for a couple of weeks. And while we were packing everything up, I was carrying uh, some stuff into the house. And if, if you guys are anything like me, I will break everything in my body to not make two trips when I'm carrying something into the house. So I'm moving like this, and I get to the, to the front door, and I always, when I'm carrying stuff, I always shut the front door just enough where it doesn't latch, but it's closed, you know, and I'll kick that door, and I'll swing it open, and then I'll walk in with all my stuff, and I'll drop it on the ground, and, and then it, uh, it's a big success, and I'm walking to the porch, and as I'm walking to the porch, I get to this place, and, and I, I'm about to kick the door like I've kicked the door the last 37 times, and all of a sudden, that same voice that just nudged me just a little bit, hey, you need to tell that boy, don't hit your son, when, when that same voice, that same still small voice, just that unction said to me, open the door softly. And I thought, I'm not opening this door softly. I'm about to kick this door. I'm from America. You know what I'm saying? And I'm thinking, I'm breaching this house. I'm getting in here. You know, I'm about to do a sweep of this thing, you know? And I lift my foot and I thought, oh, no. Holy Spirit, if you're trying to tell me something, I'm trying to listen and whatever you say, I'm going to do it. I put my stuff down, I ease the door open, and as I ease the door open, my little four year old daughter Trinity comes running by, slams on the brakes, and catches her face right next to the doorknob. And if I would have swung that door open, it would have been teeth on the floor. Blood everywhere, stitches, emergency room, everything else. But God says, "I will give my angels charge over you, lest they dash their foot, lest you dash your foot against a stone." It can be a big thing. It can be my whole life is going to be this. It can be here's my wife, here's my husband. I don't have time, but if I had time, I'd tell you about how God showed me my wife. It was crazy. That was a very big thing, very very large. It can be a small thing where you just feel like, you know what, I need to call that person. I haven't seen them. Or maybe somebody comes to your mind at 9 o'clock at night. Don't ever think they're just coming to your mind. If you don't do anything else, just say a quick prayer. Believe God with them and over them. If you ever have this thought, man, I ought to to call them. You know, so many times different people uh, get put on my heart throughout the day and the week. And and I pray for them specifically. I pray for the church always, but I pray for people specifically when the Lord brings it to me. And and sometimes I'll send a little text message. Hey, just wanted you to know you're on my heart and I was praying for you. Sometimes I don't send anything. But it's uh, it's that little unction. It's that nudging from God. That when you do what he says to do, you're now qualified for him to give you something else to do. One last story, then I'll close. Sometimes it's small, sometimes it's big. I remember when we went on that trip to Colorado, we were uh, driving and, and we had this trailer and we had this little dog named Duke. And he's like 10 pounds. He's a Jack Russell Terrier, and he's, I don't know, 11 or 12 years old, so he's getting up there in age. And so when we stop at, at gas stations and convenience stores and, and restaurants, we all, somebody's got to stand outside with the dog while everybody else goes inside, does whatever they're going to do, and then comes out. So effectively, I have become that guy. I'm standing there with this dog who doesn't even have a collar on. He's got one of those things on so that it's not too rough. When I grew up, dogs—I mean, we had like choke chains that had barbs in them. Dogs would do what you wanted them to do. Now that dog's walking you around because you pull on it, he don't even care. He's like, he's like, "Yeah, whatever, man. You're pulling on my shirt. I don't care." So the dog's walking me around, and and you know he's doing his business wherever he wants to do his business, and. And Crystal and the kids are in the restaurant. And they're uh, uh, going to the restroom. Then they're going to you know, get some, some some dinner, some lunch, whatever time of day it was. And then they're going to they're they're going to come back to the car. Then I'm going to go in. I'm going to use the restroom. And then we're going to get on the road. And, and so we stopped at this wonderful place. It's like a vegan place. It's a total health food place. Um, I don't know if they have them around here, but it's called uh, Carl's Jr. <laughs> it's just, I mean. When you open the door, the first thought you have is, this must be what heaven smells like. So I'm standing out, Carl's Jr., starving because I'm smelling all the food that, that's happening. We've got the little dogs sitting there, and he's like looking at me. And, and my wife's got this little uh, uh, travel dog bowl. It's that, not a real bowl. It's this fabric stuff that unfolds. And I'm I'm supposed to, you know, she told me what to do, praise God. So I'm sitting there, and she says, feed the dog while we're inside. I'm like, got it. So I put the dog's food in the bowl, and the dog won't eat it. And I'm like, you got to eat the food. And he's looking at me. He's like, I don't think you can make me eat the food. So we're having this conversation. He doesn't eat any of the food. And I tell Crystal, I said, well, he doesn't eat any of the food. She goes, well, I'll just try to feed him later. I said, okay. So I said, well, I'm going to go inside. I'm going to use the restroom, wash my hands, and then we'll get back on the road. He said, great. As I'm walking towards the restaurant, my kids are coming out with Crystal, and uh, Walker, my 7-year-old, he says to me, he says, Daddy, there was a man in there that was very nice to me. I said, well, that's good, bud. He said, he he told me that I had good manners. I said, dude, did you use good manners? He said, I did. He said, that's very good. I'll see you in just a minute. So I walk in, and, and, and I, I go to the restroom and come back, wash my hands, walking out. And there's only like one guy kind of, you know, around the, the exit door, so I kind of assume maybe this is the guy. And I said, hey, did you see those three kids that were just in here? He said, yeah, I saw them. I said, uh, did, uh, did, did you speak to them? He said, yeah. I said, man, thank you for that. I said, you know, my wife and, and I, we really work on them with their manners and stuff. So for somebody to, to, to encourage them, that means a lot to me. Uh, so thank you. And we walked out, and, and I walked out. And I said, have a great day, whatever, and I walked out. And as I'm walking to the car the Spirit of the Lord says to me, go back and talk to him. And I thought, I'm about to eat this burger, Lord. <laughs> I, I, it's got two two patties and bacon, and it's probably hot right now. I don't know what he wants to talk about. It may take me a minute or so. I turn around. I walk back in there, and I, and I don't know what to say. So I've been in there once. Now it's my second time. I say, hey, man, I just want to tell you again, thanks. Uh, really means a lot. And You know, I just uh, I wish you well, and, you know, we're on, a, we're on a trip. I was trying to come up with something to say. I didn't, have, I didn't know what to say. I said, God bless you. You know, have a nice day. Okay, yeah. see you. So I walk out again. I get all the way to the car. And when I grabbed the, the handle of the car, I was having this thought, like not in a rude way, but on but an earnest way. Did that satisfy you, Lord? Is that what you wanted? Because I don't want to not do what you want me to do. I want to do what you said. Like Mary said, whatever you say, I just want to do it. And I I grabbed the, the car handle and, and I went to open the door and I felt the Spirit of the Lord tell me, go back and pray for Him. And when I opened the door, like a cartoon, this smoke odor thing came and the smell of that cheeseburger went in my nostril and flew around my brain for a minute. And I thought, I'll bet God would send somebody else to pray for him. But I said, no. And I look over and she, Crystal's got my hamburger. Is it lunchtime or is this me? Crystal got my hamburger unwrapped, sitting there half open. And she goes, she's, she's like handing it to me. And I looked at her and I said, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> I said, I said, I, I'll be right back, baby. I got to run back in there. And she, she ate my hamburger. No, she, she said, okay, because we've been around each other long enough. She knows there's really nowhere I'd rather be than with her and the kids. So if I say I need to go back, there's something I need to go back for. So I walked back in there and I said, I said, hey, man, uh, I said, I said, I, I just, you know, don't want to make this, you know, weird or, or whatever, but, uh, and he's looking at me like I'm crazy. You know what I'm saying? Because now it's the third time I've walked in. And I'm trying to figure out what, uh, what the Lord would have me say or pray about. And You know, sometimes you don't know until you, until you know. and You don't know until the Lord reveals it to you. But sometimes He won't reveal to you until you get there. You know, there were several times where Jesus told the disciples, I don't want you to carry a piece of paper. I don't want you to carry a purse. I want you to just go and trust me along the way, and I'll put the words in your mouth. It was one of those moments for me. Turned out to be kind of a big deal, actually. So I walked back in, and I, I'm talking to him. said, hey, man, how's it going? I said, you know, I said, I, I said I'm said i a Christian. I said, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And You know, as I was walking in my car, uh, the Spirit of the Lord directed me to come back to you. Now this is the, the second time I've come back. This is the third time I've talked to you. I said, I just want to pray. I said, is there is there anything? And before I could say, is there anything you'd like to pray about? The Lord dropped in my spirit, uh, cancer, and I said, "I said, I said, I'm getting real strong that somebody has uh, has been diagnosed with cancer very recently, but the Spirit of the Lord told me to come back in here and to pray, and that cancer is going to be destroyed right now. And as soon as it came out of my mouth, this lady to my right, who I hadn't noticed. Screamed as if somebody had pinched her, and began to fall over. And I caught her, and I said, "I said, ma'am, are you okay?" And she's just, now she's just screaming, crying. This is in the middle of Carl's Jr., y'all. And I, I walk her over. Get this to the trash can, and I said, "I said, just lean on this." It was the box that the trash can's in. I said, "Just lean on this," and and I said, "I said, um, is there something in your life?" or somebody in your life that, that has recently been diagnosed with cancer, she can't talk. Now Now we're in the snot cry mode. It's just, it's it's next level, okay? So uh, she can't talk. So she points at the, the other guy who is nice to my kids. Turns out he's her boyfriend or, or husband, one of the two. She's pointing at him, and he says, Man, I don't know where you're from, but her daddy just got diagnosed with cancer. He goes, and she has been a wreck ever since because she's concerned not just about his life now, but she's concerned about his whole life, his eternal life. And I said, well, I said, God is going to not only save your daddy, but God is going to heal your father of cancer in the name of Jesus. So she's sitting there, leaning on the trash can, praying, or excuse me, crying. And I'm just starting to now have conversation because now the whole restaurant is all eyes on me. And uh, I'm sitting there and I said, now listen, I said, I'm going to pray for your dad and your dad is going to be healed, period. I said, but uh, who would I be if I didn't make sure that you and anybody else who was listening to me knew this God that I serve that loves him so much? So if you hear me right now, and now everybody's turning. Every, 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 every uh, booth, every table, every worker is turning. And they're listening to me. I said, let me just tell you, and I'm going to do it quickly. Jesus is the Son of God. He came and lived as a man. He paid the price for all of your sins, the things that you personally did. He died on the cross for you. And then He rose from the dead victoriously for you and he says that if you will believe on him that he will forgive you of everything you've ever done and you can expect life everlasting and everybody's just looking at me i said so if that's you today and you're here and you say you know what something on my inside is telling me that i want what he's talking about i want to know this jesus i want to know this god i want to experience." Uh, who He is. If something on the inside of you, if you feel that and you want to make that decision, I want to pray with you. So when I count to three, if you want to make Jesus Lord of your life today, I just want you to lift your hand and with an uplifted hand, you're simply saying Oh God, remember me. Carl's Jr., y'all. Everybody's eating their burgers. Everybody's drinking their drinks. And I'm sitting here having an altar call. The lady's crying and and falling out like a Benny Hinn meeting on the garbage can. And I'm trying to figure out, what am I going to do with all these people? I said, one, two, don't miss this opportunity, one, two, three. Round the corner comes the lady from the drive-thru with her microphone on saying, I want to know this Jesus too. He's there I led him in the prayer of salvation I led him to the Lord I said now Every believer Let's just join together in prayer And we're going to pray I can't remember his name It was some cool name Like Honcho or something but, but I said Let's just pray for Honcho And we were praying And all of a sudden uh, This other lady starts to fall out And I'm catching this lady While I'm praying And I'm catching this lady While I'm praying And I'm like Lord We don't need this Benny Hinn stuff happening now it's Carl's Jr. We get done praying and the lady is a mess. She's a wreck. She says this. She goes, I don't know how he did it. I said, who? God! My mama just gave me a notebook filled with prayers that she has been praying for me in hopes that somebody would reach me and get to me with the good news of Jesus Christ. And here you are in the restaurant. She said, I've been running from God my whole life. And I know I need to turn. She said, but today's the day. I said, well, glory to God. I said, I'd love to stick around, but I've got a 10-pound dog and a 10-pound hamburger to deal with. We left. Drove on, had a great trip. What I'm saying is this. The general direction from God should be followed. To know what is right and to not do it, to Him that is sin. So if you know something's wrong, don't do it. If you know not doing something would be wrong, don't not do it. Don't play with something that Jesus died To set us free from. Obedience. To the general direction of God. Will position you to hear more clearly. The personal direction from God. That he's trying to teach. Each and every one of us. Give God a hand of praise. I'm done teaching. Matter of fact stand to your feet.